Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast, can at times contain adult language and themes. It is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Digital Dissection podcast, where we take a closer and possibly unnecessary look at our favorite properties, creators, and topics. We are your humble hosts, Joe and Mark. Two pop culture nerds dedicated to telling entertainment history before it's forgotten too soon. Join us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog for more information on the show. We also love to hear from you, so why not write us at digitaldissectionpodcast at gmail.com. And now that we've got that out of the way, let's get to dissecting. Joe, do you think it is time for us to do a reboot of this show yet? Maybe. I think if we get uh, better graphics involved, maybe it's time we can do this. And by by better graphics, I don't know. I think that means we lose weight, then we can reboot. I mean, at minimum, I think I need, you know, I think I need a better representation of my chest area. Yes. You know, add a few Uh more polygons to that whole situation. Yep, I think that really helps smooth things out. Not so pointy. Less uh, less Madonna, more rock. I think is yeah, what we want here. Absolutely. That's what the mm-hmm. people want. Or at least yeah. that, that's what I'm assuming they want because they say nothing. Talking about rebooting properties because mm-hmm. it seems like every time you turn around, whether it's a you know film franchise, it doesn't happen with books very much, but mm-hmm. in video games, there's a very specific property that this happened to multiple times. You might remember it. It's called Tomb Raider. Yeah. This got at least, what, two reboots? Well, that's that's a funny story, Joe. Yeah. And for the time being, we're going to hop into that DeLorean like we like to do for Ooh. these retro reviews. This is going to be the third retro review yes. of this, this, this program and this season. season yes, two. the trilogy. Yes. Number, mm-hmm. new, yeah, dude. I, it's hard to believe we're already on number three retro review of this year. But yes, we're talking about Tomb Raider's 2013 reboot. And as Joe has mentioned, this series has been rebooted how many times? Well, it is a very good question. Mostly because in 2013, we're going to go back in time, just like we did with the last couple of reviews, to let you know about the landscape. And this time, the landscape of 2013. Tomb Raider had nine entries up to this point in time. Yes, and in the original contingency, correct? Well, and that's where this gets kind of interesting, right? <laughs> We're getting muddy already. All right. <laughs> so, yes, we do have nine entries in the Tomb Raider series up to this point. But what's happened to this series is, is a little weird, okay? Uh, for those of you who are completely unaware, uh, the Tomb Raider series follows the exploits and adventures of a Miss Laura Croft. And, yes, uh, a, a dual-wielding pistol aficionado. A fan of round sunglasses does not care for tigers. But she has a hell of a braid, though. Yeah. but Amazing braid. Yeah, dude. She So I, I remember playing this game. Her, her claim to fame in the beginning was the fact that, well, she had these very large triangular breasts, which we have referenced a few times on this show. Mm-hmm. And basically wearing Daisy Dukes as well, I believe. Just raiding well, tombs. I mean, you, you want the comfort, I guess, right? Yeah. You know, you don't want anything weighing you down. Granted, your legs are exposed, but hey. I mean, not... and I, I can't attest to the comfort as I've never worn shorts that short before. Oh, let me tell you. I think yeah. I think the shortest <laughs> I've gone is when my sixth grade basketball team discovered that my middle school still had the shorts from the 70s teams hanging around, and we thought it would be a ball. <laughs> Throw those things on. Dude, it's like ordering off menu. You don't know what you're missing because you don't know it's there, you know? And Precisely. Yeah. And, and, and so... For some people, beyond like the original uh, couple of games in this series, um, I was one of those that kind of stopped after like the third entry. I didn't actually keep playing beyond it. Um, but yeah, the, the Tomb Raider series ended up getting this kind of weird pseudo reboot, even though Laura is still there or Lara. You want to say Lara or Laura? Lara, Laura? Laura? I always thought it was Laura, but Laura, maybe, maybe, no, yeah. maybe like Laura is how people who drink, um, you know, black coffee, pronounce it, but then people who drink only the the finest of teas say Lara. <laughs> there you go, with yes. the pinky out, of the course. Pinky out, Lara yes. Croft. Yes. Well, L- Lara's story would, would get changed a couple times, actually, 
throughout uh, you know the, the next couple of games after the first three that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And usually what it would involve is uh, the action kind of being the same. You know, the, the format would be very similar in each one. But yeah, like they tweak her origin story a little bit uh, time after time here. So what ended up actually happening, if you remember a little studio named IDOS, you remember IDOS software back in the mid to late 90s? They're kind of all over the place, right? Yeah. Honestly, like that that is not ringing a bell for me um i will i'll basically be 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 forthcoming with that during that time in the 90s i was much more concerned with the game than it was the developer so i oh, knew yes. like half the people who made the games um that i played yeah well you know mm-hmm. actually i should i should actually step back for a moment idos was the publisher of the game uh the actual developer of the game was core design okay so mm-hmm. Uh, Core Design was a UK-based, uh, UK-based, I can't even speak today, UK-based, <laughs> it was a UK-based software company. Yes, the ones uh, who say Lara. Yes, they say Lara there. And they actually ended up uh, having such success with the initial Tomb Raider series that they ended up making games every goddamn year after the oh. first one. Wow, they were Call of Duty before Call of Duty was a thing. Yeah, yeah, dude. People were uh, weren't complaining about annual releases just yet back mm-hmm. then, because we hadn't seen it very much. No, no, we yeah. haven't. But it, it was 1996, Joe. It's a lot different. Okay, very different landscape. And I believe uh, I never actually owned or rented any of the Tomb Raider games growing up, because yeah. my parents live in that same universe where they're totally fine with gratuitous violence, but heaven forbid boobies be jiggling in my video games. Not allowed. Oh yeah. My my experience with the original Tomb Raiders was solely on a like I think a preview disc that came with the PlayStation. Yeah. 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 Well, that that, that's how they they sucked us in back then. You know, they give Mm -hmm. you a little taste, a little bit, just a bit. Yeah. We'll give you just a little bit of this, but uh, yeah, dude. So anyway, 1996 rolls around. They got themselves a banger. They they know that people love it, flying off the shelves, Mm -hmm. and they. They do what a lot of people do when they're not sure what to do next. They just keep doing the same old thing. Yeah. 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 You just but, slap it on a lunchbox, put it on everything, and just keep putting it out there like Dr. Ian Malcolm says. Yeah. Yeah. Well, eventually, this this stopped working out so well for core design. Mm-hmm. And this is where people kind of had different opinions, okay? There, there were some that thought maybe core design just got sick of making these games every single year, you know? maybe their enthusiasm waned because of that right mm-hmm. um you know maybe they wanted to do different stuff you know yeah you know it's like hollow notes or you know it's like uh simon and garfunkel after a while they just wanted to do different things and mm-hmm. break maybe up the band want, just wanted to leave the tombs alone yeah. no like we just just leave them like that's that stuff belongs in a museum or left alone we should probably stop writing them yeah yeah at this point that's kind of where people are starting to uh, lose enthusiasm not just at core design but also in the the populace that played the game because the angel of darkness joe have you heard of this game in the tomb raider series i have not but I, it's such a uh i believe i don't know if this is the right term but corny ass name that there's no way it can be good <laughs> <laughs> well unfortunately this would be like one of the last games that core design made in the tomb raider series okay mm-hmm. and opinion was kind of split on this like universally the sales were pretty bad but what people were complaining about was that it had a ton of glitches which you mm-hmm. you and i both know means well the game was most likely rushed most likely yes mm-hmm. yeah, which plot twist it was and uh what some people have said though is that yes it was rushed but the core story of this game mm-hmm. actually didn't bother them right okay. like the the writing seemed to be there but you could clearly tell the, the the time constraints and what they had to do really influenced how bad this game ended up being mm-hmm. so regardless of what it may have been core design uh was kind of on ice at that point <laughs> uh whether it was like you said just enthusiasm you know maybe people are just like you know it's already it, dead it's burned out yeah i mean <laughs> so we're, we're in here is that the grosses were too low but the people didn't really want more at this point. That That is absolutely mm-hmm. correct, sir. Yeah. And what ends up happening, core design, they come up to them and they're drinking their tea with the pinky out and they go, you know what? Uh, we're going to take this and we're going to hand it over to somebody else. 
So we have a new player. A new player has entered the game. Uh, Enter Crystal Dynamics. And Joe, this is who you had seen in the intro to the rebooted series. Granted, you mentioned you don't really pay attention to those things. Nope. Mm -mm. (laughs) I don't read the script. Script reads me. Yeah, that's fine. That's you know, <laughs> we've been doing this for almost a hundred episodes. I get it at this point, all right. <laughs> but this is the studio, right? Crystal Dynamics. If you remember, Joe, this was advertised mm-hmm. a shitload in the '90s. But did you ever hear about a little game called Legacy of Kane? I have not. I mm, maybe, maybe rings a bell, but definitely didn't play it. Well, at this point in time. Uh, this version of Mark in the mid to late 90s was reading GamePro and pretty much any electronic gaming monthly he'd get his hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Legacy of Kane was this um, like action-adventure series that honestly felt very similar uh, to Tomb Raider, except it involved things like vampires and um, you know guys that wear scarves that, frankly, did it really well. Um, <laughs> but either way, Legacy of Kane was all over the place in the mid to mm-hmm. late 90s, okay? Um, and that's why Crystal Dynamics ended up getting the uh, go-ahead to take over Tomb Raider, because Legacy of Kane had what, frankly, Tomb Raider did in the beginning that kind of you know lost sight of, whether it was good gameplay or just you know great core mechanics, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so ends up bringing the development of Tomb Raider out of the UK and right back over to good old Silicon Valley. Ah, um, yes. Yes. So... Crystal Dynamics ends up making a couple titles in the series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the first one they did was Tomb Raider Legend, uh, which ended up being like absolutely well-received. People said it was a breath of fresh air because, well, it was actually a finished game for once. That is a plus. Yeah. Whenever you want a game to do well, you typically finish the whole thing. Um, yeah. Make sure it works well. And yeah, I guess it's a good start to making a game that people like. Yes. And of course, as I always say, Always finish, no matter what you do. Always finish. <laughs> but, yeah, yes, no faking yeah. it here. No faking yeah. it. <laughs> no, no faking it. No yada yadding. No, <laughs> go all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, dude, Crystal Dynamics ends up getting on the right side of of at least player enthusiasm. Um, so Legend is the first title they do, and then they ended up making an anniversary edition of the first game itself. Um, which, oddly enough, was supposed to be planned for the 10-year anniversary of the first game. Mm-hmm. Due to some delays, it ended up being the 11th anniversary, but no one... No, no one, one, no one, uh... no one batted an eye. We're just happy to have it. Just happy <laughs> it's here. <laughs> the, 11th, the 11th anniversary special, which no one no one really cared about. No. But, uh, but yes, so, as we have mentioned before, we want to tell you the scope of 2013 and what was going on around this time. Well, if you've ever heard of a little company called Square Enix, Joe, does that sound familiar to you at all? No, no, never heard of Square Enix. They don't make games. They don't they don't make excellent RPGs or or anything of that sort. No. Yeah, they're no they're independent or anything. Absolutely independent. Mm-hmm. I yep. I had to do a ton of research on them before we even got into this this episode. <laughs> but but yes, dude, Square Enix comes in and they they purchase Idos software. Uh, if we had the uh, the or what, the sound clip for surprise, motherfucker, that would happen right now. <laughs> and uh, Idos software ends up becoming Square Enix Europe. Ooh. So anyway. Lara Croft at this point in time splits off into a couple things, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who are kind of going back and looking through this, you might notice that there is a subseries featuring Lara Croft, but instead of the Tomb Raider, this the, these games have Lara Croft in the name of the game, right? Yeah, so Laura, yeah, yeah. See, this this is the reboots that I remember before yeah. before we get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like th- this is kind of where I got confused uh, mm-hmm. as these titles came out because I'm like, okay, well, Lara Croft in, you know, I'm like, interesting. Um, oh, she's starring in her own video game that she's been starring in since the '90s. Bold yeah. move, bold yeah. strategy. Yeah, seriously, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like the Hartford by AARP, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, oh yeah for for the uh, for the percentage of the audience out there that uh, is in in their seventies, um, <laughs> of which we've got a few. <laughs> but, but yes, uh, so anyway, we've got this 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 reboot, and then mm-hmm. another reboot comes in with what's called the Survivor trilogy, 
which is where you and I officially got on this train, um, the Survivor trilogy would end up being what a lot of folks are familiar with now, mm-hmm. where Laura Cross, uh, her like reintroduction in a way, kind of strips her down of what we know who the typical Tomb Raider was. And yeah. this is going back to an earlier version of Laura that's never been challenged by anything before. Mm-hmm. Um, she has raided no tombs. None. Yeah. And she no. pretty much just has some relics from her her family and some of the adventures they had been on. Mm-hmm. So she's yeah. Li- yeah, literally clean slate. Exactly, because this is like one thing, again, like I said, like I, I did not play the original Tomb Raider series, but one thing that was established uh, in my preview disc and just, you know, even if you don't play it, you hear about the game, is that Laura Croft is basically like the badass extraordinaire, where in this game, like that's completely gone, where yeah. instead she... She's smart. I think isn't she like an archaeology student at the start of this game? Yeah, I mean she's pretty mm-hmm. much uh, green in terms of any adventuring. Yeah, I mean yeah. she's gotten through academia and mm-hmm. she's attached to essentially an expedition that has a lot of like these intern types, right? Like they're you know they're all having their cafe lattes and they just jump <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> we're we're looking for lost treasure. So as yeah. most archaeology interns, I assume do. It is cafe latte and cruise time yeah. whenever you are ready to be done with your major. But yeah, so we get a very different Laura Croft here or Lara Croft uh, where she is basically forced into becoming um, like she's backed into a corner. And that's what allows her to really, you know, achieve her badassery as opposed to years of training. Very true. And there there were a couple of changes to right out the gate with this new adventure right Mm -hmm. so we're not just rebooting a legend and making her more vulnerable softer you know and not softer really yes yeah exactly Mm -hmm. exactly there's no rbf to this laura at all yeah but what she uh, ends up doing here there's a couple changes so the longtime voice actress keely hawes who had voiced her for pretty much everything up to that point Mm -hmm. uh is replaced with camilla luddington and for the uh, Grey's Anatomy fans out there, she was on that show. Um, I have never seen that show. But I, at this point, I assume everyone's been on Grey's Anatomy because it's going on its 18th season right now. And I only know that is because I had a conversation with a student where I mistakenly claimed it was on its 15th season. Oh, geez. Gosh, was I wrong. Oh, geez. That just brought, <laughs> that just brought out full-on Wisconsin old yep. cheese out oh, of me. Oh, jeez. 18 <laughs> seasons. What do you even talk about anymore, huh? <laughs> oh, no. You, you had uh, to have gotten every disease. Oh, gosh. Swine flu again. Let's just put them on the uh, on the Dimatap. They have to know the anatomy at that point, okay? They, they have, have to. to know. But either way. Couple other changes in this. We've got uh, traditional third person is what Tomb Raider pretty much did the entire time mm-hmm. uh, from perspective from the beginning. But now it's a new age, Joe. We've got over the shoulder third person, and oh, it's yes. yeah in the in the same vein as like Gears of War, Uncharted. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, definitely getting some vibes of wanting to copy Uncharted quite a bit here. What about a you? A little bit, yeah, because like you definitely have that. I mean, Uncharted took off at this point. I think um, when this came out, I th- think like we had just gotten Uncharted two, um, is where th- yeah, this comes between two and three, and like it's hard to say that like uh, Uncharted two is. I mean, until four was my favorite in the series, just because of just how how good it was. But four was just a brilliant end to everything. So yeah. um, this comes out on the on the heels of the best uncharted game that came out and it's kind of got that same feel of like you're you're stranded and things get 10 times worse before they get better and everything laura seems to touch just kind of turns to shit um yeah. as what also usually happens with nathan drake well and i think what uh what really happens here right because you mentioned everything goes mm-hmm. wrong with nathan drake but for for laura in this case you're really dropped into absolute like crazy town pandemonium right yeah uh the opening cinematics for this game are for one in 2013 they were gorgeous uh even even now if you go back and watch it still a very Mm -hmm. visually stunning intro to this game oh yeah 
but uh yeah she's traveling on on this ship right they're trying to uh, find this lost island is all the good adventurers are always looking for oh yes yeah lost islands lost cities because we just lose everything right well this boat literally gets ripped in half by a goddamn storm comes out of nowhere mm -hmm. the perfect storm you may say yes perfect storm <laughs> although i didn't see mark Wahlberg anywhere but hey no whatever. we assume he's there somewhere yeah he's probably there mm -hmm. but anyway yeah dude in that intro scene and and once again we're not here to like spoiler the shit out of this but we do want to tell you like definitely just check this out because this this yeah. intro cinematic was it was like kind of heart pumping it was mm -hmm. it was very quick you don't have much time to even really settle into anything no uh, you're not even introduced to any other characters really it's just you know laura's hanging out in a boat and suddenly this thing's cut in half yeah just boom <laughs> i mean if you don't believe us i mean I, that's got to be on youtube i'm sure if you look up um 2013 tomb raider movie it'll just be this oh if you don't all the cinematics strung together if you don't believe it play the game for about three minutes yeah you'll be right there, there. <laughs> <laughs> so so either way like what was really fun about this though is that uh i i really enjoyed kind of setting or getting reset from ground zero right mm -hmm. like it's really easy to complain about oh another reboot again but in this case i i do actually feel like they did a pretty good job with it because you you're not overpowered you know you 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 literally have no survival skills mm -hmm. and right away you know laura ends up on this island fortunately you know plot twist they do survive they survive the boat oh yeah but she gets thrown right into uh the, you know the the politics and the bullshit going on, on this island and she has to immediately survive mm -hmm. like a life-threatening situation and i don't know about you joe i instantly felt like every ounce of panic that she has in these opening moments. Oh yeah. Like the game does a really good job at that. And also it makes the whole believability of like any tutorial going on in this game of you having to learn. It. It's like, well, she has to learn it and she has legitimate stakes involved. So I do have to get this right. Otherwise she will die quite quickly. Yeah. Well, and what was crazy about this is like right away, like you're already like on high alert because you had to survive a shipwreck but then you're instantly thrown into a scenario where you're kidnapped you have to find your way out mm -hmm. and it's claustrophobia like 101 <laughs> this this whole <laughs> this whole like early portion mm -hmm. of the game you have to like you're basically crawling into a spot where like you've got maybe an inch of of area to breathe in mm -hmm. and then you have to climb through like an even tighter spot you know to get to your escape and just when you have a chance to maybe take a breath then you have to like go oh great i get to solve a puzzle now Ooh. and i've got a piece of rebar sticking out of me <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so you have no immediate skills you're starting over from nothing and suddenly you have an extra hole in you that you didn't start out with yeah that's never fun not a good way to start your day with no. extra holes no oh not again <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm but, but i mean what's kind of nice though is that like again like the game like just it gets you right away there is no like easing into the story it's like no your ship is fucked you're stuck on an island you wake up and you're kidnapped pretty much instantly along with everyone else who survived your ship um your ship being wrecked because you do as you go through the game you do rescue your friends as you go along um as well as a few of the shipmates that survive and don't get slaughtered by the the people on the island. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly how many of your, because not everyone survives. Not I don't think all, you don't you didn't get to save all of your friends that, that are in this game, but it's kind of like again, like it it doesn't give you a chance to like really almost breathe in the first part of the game. You've got to like just you know hit the ground running as soon as the cinematics start yeah yeah which actually ended up being something that uh some of the critics of this game did come at you know in, in terms of reviews and for those of you in the audience and joe i'm going to say a term that may not be familiar to you but joe have you ever heard of the term ludonarrative dissonance i mean that sounds like it's made up 
just for a master's program somewhere <laughs> and is not a real word. Yeah, probably. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so what you're what you just mentioned to me, Joe, right, this is where some of the, the critics of the game actually kind of jumped on this in the beginning was that mm -hmm. the narrative that the story of the game tells doesn't necessarily always match the narrative told through the gameplay. Right. So you just mentioned that you land on this island and you end up being thrown into this this strange kind of like cult-like brotherhood, right? Mm -hmm. um, and for those of you who haven't played the game before, really the main antagonists in this game, they're called the Solari Brotherhood, right? And you're you're introduced to them in the beginning without really a whole lot of context. You know, they're they're just existing. They're on the island, which you thought was uninhabited when you land on it, right? Mm -hmm. So you're understanding some of the mysteries of this island, or at least you're getting some clarity about them a little bit as you go. But there are times where you're doing things on this island that have nothing to do with the narrative itself, the the, the broader overarching story, right? And I mean, she's a Tomb Raider. She has to go raid tombs at some point. I mean, know? if you're not going to do that, why bother calling it Tomb Raider? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You just call it Island Adventurer. Laura Croft yeah. Island Adventurer, you know, not quite the same ring, but still fun. Just just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I honestly thought that this was a uh, pretty much a, an underhanded half assed attempt at trying to sound academic, just like you said. Yeah, it's, you know, people people just want to complain, I think is what it is. Like, yeah, I wonder if the person even played the game. <laughs> like, did you just hear like, oh, my friend played it, and he said I didn't actually raid a tomb very much. So why call it Tomb Raider? I'm going to look up a word for this, and we're going to have at it in a blog. Here we go. <laughs> well, but well, I think for, for people that don't have a very in-depth understanding of Tomb Raider, and they, and they start here, the reason why this whole Ludo narrative business doesn't matter at all to me is because you do start from nothing, and you have to gain experience, and that doesn't always mean that you have to follow the storyline to get to some of these things. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to gain XP, you can go hunt down collectibles, right? Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this game that you can do if you want to take a break from the narrative. Yeah. Why not? You know? It, yeah. In, in that case, it's almost like, like you said, we did say, like, it, it seems to borrow a good deal of a narrative and kind of like plot points from Uncharted, but really, it also goes really almost like if you have to compare it to another game, you can compare it more to like the Far Cry series where you've got less of a, that's, it's not necessarily like sandbox like Uncharted is. Like you get a limited area for a given chapter of the game and then you move on and you rarely come back to that previous area. Whereas in this game, you can go back and revisit spots you've been before, except for maybe like, two or three places i think you yeah. can go back and pretty much just if you missed a collectible or you missed us like a side thing like you can go back and do most of it and get xp that way yeah there there are very few things you can truly miss in this game mm -hmm. um as, as joe found out uh you can miss very specific conversations with people as time has passed <laughs> but you need to have all conversations so you can get a playstation trophy yeah <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Cried just like I did when I figured out there's a chin Pokemon in the damn spaceship. Oh, um, stick of truth. And I missed that one too. That's why you got to read ah. the guide. You read the guide, Joe. <laughs> I just want to experience it myself the first time through, which kind of just makes me a glutton for punishment because I know I'm doing this to myself. Yeah. Well, speaking of doing things to yourself, there right. are some very, some very deliberate things you have to do in order to get to some of these skills that you unlock in this game. And yeah, I know Joe's like going, wait a second. Like you have to you clarify talk, this very quickly. You talk, you talk, you talk about you, talking about your dick? No, 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 no. no. I'm just talking about the idea of gathering experience, you know, do, doing the things, Joe, so that you can unlock stuff in this game. Because okay, the, good. Because for a second, I thought we may have played completely different games from each other. Yeah. Very, very different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You didn't have the adult only Tomb Raider because that's the version oh. I played. Um, oh, yeah, no, no. no. Mm. But th th I, that's why I actually thought this was one of the stronger elements of the game. And that once again, kind of 
just saying, you know, let's let's not even worry about the narrative driven stuff right now because you do spend time building on the skills so that Laura becomes a better survivor mm -hmm. or she becomes better with her weapons or she improves upon the skills that she does unlock, right? Because you don't just start off with, you know, everything that you would in a previous game. You know, she's not just suddenly someone who has a ton of stamina or has the ability to use specific weapons. And that's where the, the I think the strength of this game really lies. It's in finding all these other things and, you know, maybe not focusing on on the struggle between this brotherhood and and some of the things that are happening uh, on this mm -hmm. island. So, yeah. Yeah, as I say, like it, it, it seems to be a lot more of actually like developing like Laura's character, and again, like it seems like they really had this idea that they're going to establish a new version of Laura Croft who would be with us for multiple games, and this game did a good job of doing that. Yeah, and I, and I think it did a, a good job of balancing skill unlocks too, mm -hmm. because I, I think when you do skill unlocks, you you, you can't just become a one person killing machine overnight and with some of the skills they're not specific things like you know instantly do 90 percent more damage some of these things are as simple as you can now light a torch without having to have it touch fire or mm -hmm. whatever you can just scratch the, the the stone on a wall and that's enough of a spark to light your torch right yeah like like those are little things that kind of give me uh a little bit more incentive to want to keep you know, do, doing the completion side of it. Mm -hmm. And and so that's really what I think is is fun about this, is that you can either choose to actually do the things that will make you into the Laura that you know, or you can focus on some of these other things that just make the gameplay, you know, maybe a little more convenient for you as you go. And so, yeah, so that's that's, that's what I think they, they did a really great job with in designing this. Um, and especially the weapons, too. Like, do you remember how the weapons and upgrades worked in this game? Didn't you have to like actually collect things from the map to actually invest into like the weapons to make them better? Like you had to get salvage. And yeah. and so kind of coming back to the skills, the mm -hmm. skills would actually help you get more salvage by doing certain activities, whether it's you know hunting or mm -hmm. you know, just finding scrap or whatever. And instead of just having a game where, hey, I opened a chest and I found a new weapon. It's like, no, 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 I have a weapon and now I have enough things that I've collected so that I can make that weapon better. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was more of a, of a, of a buy-in at that point. Like I now have, I have the same weapon, but now I've made it that much cooler and the attachment is just that much stronger for me. You yeah. Know? And again, like you said, it's just, I don't know, it feels like, I don't want to say a little more real, but basically it does. Granted, it's still a video game. It's still very unrealistic. But like again, the fact that like yeah, you could find like salvage and scrap, but if you don't up your skills, you can't actually use the scrap effectively or use the salvage effectively to upgrade your stuff. Like it partners and 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 works very well. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Which I think in a reboot scenario, mm -hmm. that should that that should be something you'd want to do. Like you're creating more attachment. Like there mm -hmm. there is actually a payoff to spending more time with Lara and kind of going through these things. Um, because for me, like the commando rifle was like my favorite thing to use in this game. <laughs> Takes you quite a while to get everything you need mm -hmm. to be able to build it. So it's like, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I went for completion, but halfway through playing it, I've realized like, wow, I actually really like <laughs> more about this than I realized because <laughs> you and I played this mm -hmm. at the same time when we first got it. Uh, I think it was like on PlayStation Plus or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and you and I were going through pretty much the same experience, and we couldn't put it down. No, no, it was riveting. And then, granted, like my still my most memorable actions from it are from the multiplayer like perspective. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh, but yes, that being we will. said, still, still a beautiful story. And this is still like, I'm still very much the gamer who like, I typically, I don't give a rip about the multiplayer. Um, if your game focuses on multiplayer and has no story, I usually, I'm not going to, I'm probably not going to pick it up. Um, I just don't enjoy it as much, which is unfortunate because it also means I don't buy a lot of video games anymore because <laughs> most, most things focus on either battle Royale now or multiplayer. So like having that good story there is just, 
it's such a draw for me in a video game. So yeah. to actually play through this story that's very, very well done was ah, oh, so good. And grand, like again, like I you know, loved Uncharted, and those games had as good as the gameplay was, it took a back seat to the uh, the story and the cinematics that you got. And this kind of felt like it was doing the same thing. And again, like when you say like the gameplay takes a back seat, it doesn't even mean the gameplay is bad. It is it, it still plays remarkably well. Um, like I don't even remember like I remember like ever really getting mad at the gameplay for this thing. No, I, I think the gameplay was very clean. You know, it it, uh, it didn't necessarily try to do anything crazy. It it just did, you know, core aspects extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's why I don't think it makes any sense to truly get into narratives and being upset about those because um, there there is a payoff for you know how you choose to spend your time in this game. Mm-hmm. So let's just kind of put the skills and all that kind of stuff on the back burner for now. The actual core story of the game uh, to me really stood out because it reminded me quite a bit of how Indiana Jones tells a story, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're not going to, once again, we're not going to tell you beat for beat what happens. I say beat for, for beat every retro review, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but, Although we, we got pretty close beat for beat with Assassin's Creed three. Like we fell into that one. Pretty good. <laughs> but again, one of my favorite games. I could, I could help myself. Oh, I yeah. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's why we'll, we'll try to do this a little bit differently for yep. this one. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I say it's like Indiana Jones. So for you, those of you who haven't watched the Indiana Jones movies, we're not going to say the fourth one. We'll just say the first three. Yep. Uh, really, how the plot develops in this game is that you have small elements that are introduced to you that are, are kind of in the same vein. Uh, let's kind of use like, like Last Crusade as an example, okay? Mm-hmm. Like in The Last Crusade, you have Indiana Jones who's kind of following the breadcrumbs of his father's lifelong pursuits, not truly like being bought in the entire time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like there are certain aspects of it that he he recognizes and he knows just because he's been around it his whole life. But there's kind of an escalating series of events that happen, as as all good movies tend to, right? And you have to kind of ask yourself, what do I believe in this is, you know, actually real in, in you know, from Laura's perspective? Mm-hmm. And what of this could be fiction? And so throughout the game you kind of get hit with that, but then you're introduced to supernatural elements that you can't explain too, right? Mm-hmm. So so you're off balance the entire time, not just because you're playing you know, a game that obviously you want to explore the plot of, mm-hmm. but also because you're looking through this of the lens of Lara, who is literally trying to figure this out for the first time because she's never adventured before. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really fun, slow burn that kind of occurs. And when you and I talked about the ending of this game, because we we beat the game almost around the same time, I remember Joe telling like message you going, my adrenaline was flowing big time <laughs> for like three hours. Mm-hmm. Like just seeing how the payoff of this works. So what I thought was really cool about this, we talked about how this boat gets torn in half at the beginning. We're not talking about like a kayak or something. Like, this is a big-ass ship that gets ripped Mm -hmm. in half by a storm. You find out there's this angry god who is called Hamiko, the Sun Queen, and she can manipulate storms that, you know, have have trapped venturers on this island, the island of Yamatai, for many years. (laughs) And that's who these Solari Brotherhood homies, they're, you Mm -hmm. know, they're they're literally worshipping her. Yeah, out there getting their Himiko on. Yeah, just looking. really enjoying the vibe. The sun yeah. goddess is coming out there, or maybe a little Stockholm syndrome because she likely marooned them there, and they're just they're just living it now. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> this is just my life yeah. now. This is yep, what I this, do. This is okay. Yeah. Yep, this is what we do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, so the, the good news here is that the uh, the Solari Brotherhood do have a purpose, right? What they've been trying to do is find who uh, who would be a worthy vessel of helping bringing Hamiko back into the physical plane, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and so that is kind of where we'll leave the story, right? Because that's what drives most of the struggle in this game is, is trapping people on the island in order to find 
who this this uh you know supposed person is going to be at some point yes and while you can maybe make a few guesses what what will happen after after that plot reveal um yeah play yourself you can confirm those you can confirm your suspicions on your own because we will not give any more away it's it's just truly it's it's a uh, I, I would feel bad for ruining this for someone, you know, because you and I went into this both not really having either played Tomb Raider or having not played Tomb Raider in a very long time, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. for me, as someone who played it very early on and then came back to it in this format, I just had to go like, wow, this is completely different from the triangular boobed lady that I you know yeah we stared at a bit and too long as a as a preteen <laughs> i'm trying to remember exactly what the draw was for us to play it because i will admit initially it wasn't the fact that oh hey they rebooted tomb raider let's give it a go because we both downloaded this off the playstation network off of ps plus it wasn't the free game for the month was it it was yeah it was like it was a free, free game. game okay it was a free game of the mm -hmm. month in like 2015 i think mm -hmm. something like that and to explore the multiplayer as we kind of talked about earlier in this uh the multiplayer wasn't one of those things that was going to win any awards right it, yeah. it was kind of a bolt-on and mm -hmm. you, you got your team deathmatch and some other stuff right yeah not groundbreaking but still fun like it was no. enjoyable um yeah obviously yeah. the server was still going a couple of years later not strong we won't say strong by the time we came along um there weren't too many people still playing it no but you know there. It was enough for us to do what we needed to get done. Yeah, which honestly, this is the story that Joe and I have been, we've been kind of towing the water with ever since we created this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, but we ended up actually uh, do, doing the multiplayer. And this is actually, mm -hmm. Joe, now that, now that memories are shaking loose, you and I picked this up because we looked at the viability of trying to platinum a PlayStation game Mm -hmm. that was the playstation plus game of the month because we hadn't done it at that point yeah like like we had all these playstation plus games that we got but we never actually platinumed any of them yet mm -hmm. um or you know got 100 on so that's what kind of got us going okay let's look at the multiplayer see how tough it is and then you know play the rest of the game and see what it's like well we ended up obviously being so enamored with the the core game itself like we, we gotta do this we gotta see it yeah. all the way through Mm -hmm. Yeah, we played the shit out of the multiplayer. So as Joe mentioned, it, by the time we got it, the servers didn't have, you know, a ton of not people a lot of traffic, playing it. No. Mm -hmm. no, not at all. So what did we do? Well, we we put out a <laughs> put out APB. Yeah, we, we put out a classified ad on PlayStationTrophies.org. Mm -hmm. And we ended up meeting a wonderful lady named Prem. We won't say her last name because we don't mm -hmm. want to dox her here. No, no, no. But, but the yeah, Malaysian Prem. sensation that is Prem. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and and so Joe and I ended up spending uh the better part of, of one evening. I think it was already what was it like 1 a.m.? It was <laughs> late for us because it was like there was a lot of accommodation, I think, on on both sides of this, both the states and Malaysia, because we wanted to make sure that since she was offering to help us, that we were gonna do it in a time span. That made it easy for her to participate. So we had to do it late so that she would do it at a reasonable hour in Malaysia. And, yeah. 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 And then also, like, kind of the caveat was like, well, since we put out the wanted ad, um, we would like to make sure that we actually get the trophies first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause she was 11 hours ahead of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so when we ended up connecting with, with Prem, uh, she was she was very very trusting of us which was mm -hmm. kind of took both of us back because yeah there is some risk in trying to do trophy boosting with other people online so and, much oh, yeah mm -hmm. well so prem and joe and i we, we ended up like coming up with a plan for how to like mine these these multiplayer trophies and do it quickly mm -hmm. and we ended up staying up till it was like 4 a.m for us easily like the yeah. sun was was on the verge of rising <laughs> yes Mm -hmm. I was going to say, like, Hamiko had already, you know, the, the sun god or the sun queen. Yeah, mm -hmm. she had been resting the entire time we were playing the multiplayer for this. And by the end of that, we had made a friend. And I mean, it, like, I I didn't even need an energy drink that night because it, no. it was that much fun. Just, just my God, like, over, like, the the joy of, like, I think it's, like, one trophy is, like, to do, like, an absurd amount of damage in one shot. So yeah. that equated to, like, you needed two people right next to you with a rocket launcher and you had to kill them both with one shot um 
Actually, no, it may have even been like like because it counts the damage against you too. It's like I think you had to kill like yourself and two other players with one shot. And just seeing the bodies just flying from the rocket launcher oh, yeah. damage, like it was oh my god, like they ragged all and it was I don't know, it it worked. It was hilarious. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, it, it and it just happened to be like this this capstone for what really was an, an amazing experience that mm-hmm. we didn't even have to pay for, right? Yeah. Or at least you know subscription fee whatever yeah but yeah at the end of all that i mean when you combine that that one crazy night of of going through (laughs) that multiplayer Mm -hmm. and 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 kind of riding off the high of the main story and and collecting everything in it um it didn't feel like a chore no it was it was legitimately fun and like every once in a while like i think we get like a random person would actually join our online game yeah. And the three of us would just team up and like nope, oh yeah oh no, yeah no, no, no. You're, you're, yeah no. yeah because <laughs> we had because we we ended up having a facebook messenger tab open yep. and and we were like going yep we're heading here we're gonna be here mm-hmm. follow us here and it, it yep. just it worked perfection it so. i think i think every every random that popped in like we made rage quit within minutes <laughs> like yeah they can't get a kill they get like everyone's up to get them like yeah fuck that. You're, well, well i mean they could still they could still, they could still get kills the only the mm-hmm. difference was we always had two person or two of us on one team and one of them on the other. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what ended up happening, like we always held the cards because, because yeah. of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I said, this, this was like the perfect way to end this experience. Cause you and I really didn't want this to end. Like we were having no. so much oh fun. With Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. So either way. Um, yeah. Looking back on this, I, I have nothing but the fondest of memories. Mm hmm. Which leads us, Joe, to review time. We got to slap some numbers on this. All right. Let's do this. So, Let's do some maths. Yep. We're going to head to the first of our metrics, which, of course, would be the big G for graphics. Joe, what would you give this? And let's say out of a possible five salvage Ooh, in honor five of salvages. Okay. Yeah. I was actually wondering what we're going to do with this, too, because tigers are out. Um, pistols are out. Yeah, five salvages works great. Um, <laughs> for 2013, everything out there—they're pretty crack graphics. Um, trying to think of like other games at the time that would have uh, rivaled this one, and yeah, they were—they were pretty peak. Um, I would say, I mean, we'll go four, four salvages out of five on this one. Okay, that's fair enough. You know, mm-hmm. what what I gave this uh, was a little bit higher because. I did compare it to other games of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point in time, I did play Uncharted, obviously not as much as you had. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also had spent a lot of dash time with Gears of War. Uh, yes. So so I was very much uh interested in in the over the shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's see how they end up adapting this for Tomb Raider. And really the graphics, whether it's the cutscenes, whether it's just the standard gameplay, there there were moments where I would just stand on the beach and just watch the wildlife and everything interact. Mm -hmm. And so definitely gorgeous. The colors are on point. You know, it it didn't Mm -hmm. feel like a Snyder film where everything kind of just blended in with the the darkness. It was just Um, broody the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was a graphically very beautiful game Mm -hmm. that uh, frankly, I, uh, once again, I I, was ashamed we had to stop playing it, but uh, I'm gonna give it a four and a half salvage out of five. All right. I really do think it's for the time that it was, it was, it was absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, and kind of blending into the next, you know, the gameplay for me uh, was just so amazing because like I've mentioned, I love the skill mm-hmm. system. You know, I was actually really sad when I maxed out skills because <laughs> I, I loved it was done. Well, yeah, yeah, seriously, mm-hmm. because you know, there was a purpose to everything you picked up. There's a story to every item, you know, like, for me that was the hook right mm-hmm. and so it didn't just have to look good right like it it played really really well like i i never had to reset the game because of glitches um i really enjoyed the takedowns like takedowns was something yeah. that that tomb raider hadn't really done yet and and takedowns were extremely rewarding in this game mm-hmm. um so for me gameplay is also going to get a four and a half out of out of five salvage but how about you yeah that's where i'm going with this one too is four and a half out of five um just because like i again like i can't look back and honestly think like where maybe 
maybe one part where I feel like you're you're back in a portion of the ship and you have to do some sort of swinging thing from the ceiling. And I remember maybe maybe something like along that lines of being a little uh, a little wanting. They could have done yeah. a little better there. But other than that, like I don't remember the gameplay being too frustrating. Um, so yeah, four and a half out of five salvage on this one. All right. Well, that that brings us, of course, to replay value, which, mm-hmm. Joe, this has been the one metric that you and I have either been, wouldn't say polar opposites on, but we, we tend to have the most points mm-hmm. dividing us on this one. So for yes. replay value, mm-hmm. yeah, what do you think this one has? See, this one's interesting because like, I do remember really, really liking this game, like really liking it. And I haven't replayed it. <laughs> I haven't gotten back around to it um, just yeah, because I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I'm just like a weird, you know, old, old millennial gamer where I enjoy playing the same few games over and over again. So like I'll, I'll replay all the Uncharted's. I'll replay Assassin's Creed three, but I haven't picked this one back up and I loved, loved it. Um, so, but I also going to think of like, from like the perspective of like someone else. So maybe if someone connects to this Laura Croft as much as I connected to Nathan Drake, I would say it's probably would have a higher replay value than I'd give it. I'm going to go three and a half salvage Ooh. out of five on this one. Okay. But I could see like, if anyone even said like they'd give it five salvage out of five, like, yeah, that makes sense. That works. <laughs> that checks. If you, if you love this game and you're going to play it, you know, at the start of every summer, like, yeah, you will not hear a complaint from me. No disagreement on it. See now, th- so I-, I agree with what you said, and what I think uh, for me because I I've played it twice, right? Since I initially played it, and what I would end up doing if I did play it again is pursuing some of the other weapons that I didn't use nearly as much. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that's where I think the replay value really lives in this game is is fleshing out some of these skill trees differently, you know, because you don't really have to pick and choose. You can max them out. It's, oh, it's yeah. you know, it's nothing mm-hmm. crazy, but you get all of them. Mm-hmm. But you could choose a different type of play style, you know, and and so that's and, and the game doesn't force you to do it, but you could, mm-hmm. you know, do it on your own. So yeah. For for me, I do agree with you on a 3.5 out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because when we dogged Donkey Kong a little bit, it was because most of us only played the first fifth of that game if we were yeah. you know if mm-hmm. we're lucky for this i would i would definitely replay the entire game again so oh, uh, yeah I, yeah mm-hmm. so three and a half for sure for me yeah um, and i guess i i really should have specified like i have played this game twice but it wasn't by choice <laughs> because i missed something yes so like son of a bitch and you can't <laughs> you can't like like uncharted you can just select a chapter and, and pick up and just go back a little bit in this game you can't do that like no you yeah you miss this dialogue you do have to restart the whole game it's like motherfucker yeah it's not it's hoping true. for that mm-hmm. yeah fortunately it didn't happen to me <laughs> 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 well joe that brings us to of course the the music of the game oh, uh, yeah. yeah what were your thoughts on on tomb raiders soundtrack and because i am i'm having to go back and think about it i think i'm gonna come pretty low on this one like it doesn't stand out to me like i can't I, I mean i don't think of hating it like i can't be like oh it just completely didn't fit it but like to me like it doesn't get my it doesn't get my my heart going like uh hearing drake's theme start in every uncharted game oh yeah um it doesn't it doesn't get me going uh like the like um anything from assassin's creed to bring those two games up again uh, i'm not jamming like i am in donkey kong country so this one like i feel like it's like any any hollywood movie where like the music's there it makes sense with it but it's not han zimmer yeah it's it's there it's well done but it's it's nothing standout so this time I'm going to go, you know, it's there 2.5 okay. salvage out of, out of five. It's halfway, it's halfway on the scale for me. I could take yeah. it or leave it. Which honestly, I'm right there with you because like you mentioned, Tomb Raider doesn't have a theme that you could play that I would instantly recognize and go, yep, that's Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. 
now like the the rest of the game is is heart pounding where it needs to be and and when you're kind of in like the low-lying areas and you're just kind of going from place to place Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah the the music is 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 appropriate yeah Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's not recognizable music and Mm -hmm. so that's what that's what is probably the the low point here because gears of war has it assassin's creed has it hell even even borderlands for the the licensed music that they used a lot of people just go yep Mm -hmm. that's the heavy i know it's a borderlands game yep Mm -hmm. you know like like that kind of thing did not happen for tomb raider so it does kind of feel like uh like a little bit of oversight you know or Mm -hmm. or maybe maybe they ran out of money and this is just how they wanted to get by but I mean, if, I, if it's yeah. a corner you're going to cut, it's not a bad one to cut <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't like yeah, they, it didn't take you out of the game, but yeah. it, you know, it wasn't like you know the Arkham series where it just made you feel like you're a part of the animated series as a kid, and now you're playing it. Yeah, um, yeah, it just yeah. it doesn't add to it. I guess is 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 its big fault. It doesn't it doesn't suck you in. It doesn't captivate you. It it doesn't leave any lasting memory for it so it's like it's it's music it fits but that's all it does it gets the job done which honestly this is this is a really interesting tale that our our scoring tells for tomb raider because so far it's the highest gameplay rating that we've given (laughs) it's the highest Mm -hmm. uh replay value that we've given Mm -hmm. and it's the best graphics that we've given for the time so it's the lowest rated overall that we've given to a retro Oops. review, though. <laughs> wow, that's pretty mean because everything's gotten a C so far from us. And well, these were games on. that we supposedly really liked. <laughs> hold on. So Assassin's Creed got a 79%. Mm-hmm. Donkey Kong Country also got a 79% if we round up. Yep. Tomb Raider gets a 75% overall oh. from us. So it's interesting how that music just kind of hamstrings the yeah, whole rest of the, of the rating. Yeah. It did, damn. Because yeah, yeah, love this game. Like, yeah. if I would pay for this game if I didn't get it for free, would happily have paid for this game, but I got it for free, so I got it for free. Um, yeah, if they put a donate button on there, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely donate. Uh, yeah. I do, I do actually own. Mm-hmm. So in in the in the Survivor trilogy here, I do mm-hmm. own the first one and the second one. I believe Rise of the Tomb Raider was the yep. second one, mm-hmm. or or maybe it was the. Uh, the the raider awakens and the last raider and then uh the raider rises. rise rise yeah. of raider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but yeah i mean so if anything the lasting legacy of this game is that when you do a reboot there are ways that you can responsibly do it and this one does do that you know it, yeah it starts you over from from a Lara that no one knows enough about yet. She's mm-hmm. still trying to figure herself out. And through this adventure, you do get to have some growth. You know, you you don't just have someone who's invincible. You know, you you get to experience someone with real emotion and and some actual tribulations. Yeah, <laughs> actual <absolutely>. challenges. <laughs> and I mean, I'd even have to say, like, when we compare this to like our other two retro review games. Like, obviously, Donkey Kong Country, like, anyone can pick that up and go with it because it's an old, you know, Super Nintendo game. Like, all of those are just meant to, like, pick up and play really easy. But, like, as far as Assassin's Creed goes, like, comparing this to 3, and I love Assassin's Creed 3, like, I would, I may even recommend this more, like, to someone. If they had asked, like, which one would I, which one would you play first? Where should I play first? I'd probably say Tomb Raider should be played yeah. first. Just because, um, like, you don't need backstory. Like, Assassin's Creed 3, like, it'll, like, it helps to have played the games before. Whereas this one, like, nope, you can pick it up. You can play it right away. You can get behind the main, like, I can't see anyone playing this game and having a serious problem with Lara in this game. Because like, obviously like Connor, like he, he really divided the franchise. People loved him or they hated him. There's, there's no one who's like, Connor was okay. It's like, nope, I loved Connor or no, I didn't like Connor. Um, But in this, like this game, like, I don't think anyone was like, you know, fuck Laura Croft. Um, Yeah. Yeah, no, she was great. And it was a good, refreshing, like, grounded take on the character. So, yeah, like, don't, uh, I guess I don't want to say, like, don't take our ratings seriously, but just because we rated her lower than the past two games, like, I don't know. Like, this is all the music's fault. 
<laughs> it's the music's fault because it's a fun fucking game and you should definitely try it definitely play this game yes absolutely and yeah, mediocre music <laughs> yep and and as you know and, and as this uh if you do decide to go back and get this game you know mm -hmm. there's a lot there that you can do like we said that's not just story driven mm -hmm. so i mean seriously as as we do on this show as we like to dissect things truly dissect tomb raider 2013 as much as you can and uh you know joe i mean i guess if you want to say the tagline uh we've kind of been awkward about that the last few weeks That's haven't true. we yeah <laughs> so um been awkward about it we forget to do it for the first few episodes here so it's now time for us to say goodbye which means that until next time we'll just keep on dissecting and prem if you are a one malaysian listener thank you Thank you.